0: Welcome back to Let's Talk About It, another one of our mini interviews. Uh, This one with the lovely guest Ace, who um, I have had the pleasure of speaking with in private and who has, you might recognize from Dilly and Dally. Uh, Ace, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it's me Ace or Ash, whichever you want to call me. I can be found on a underscore to queer on all the major social media sites, specifically Twitter and TikTok where I'm most active. So follow me over there. If being black, queer, uh, an activist or anything cool like that is one of your uh, passions or something that you just care about, advocate for. um, I am a, I guess, published award nominated streamer here on Twitch. <laughs> Period.
0: <laughs> Give it some. You gotta flex it. You gotta you flex it. Me Saturday. Right. <laughs> Period. <laughs> and so you uh, um, are joining us uh with Fig, correct? You will Absolutely. be serving uh, in that capacity. Won't you tell us a little bit about FIG and, and why it is so important to you and the community at large?
1: Right. So Fig is going to be having me on as the grant writer, which is pretty cool. Uh, Fig, we're going to be looking for grants to help marginalized creators to really, you know, be a be who they want to be as a creator without a financial holding. Uh, so we'll be helping them financially and emotionally and everything else that they need in order to create their content and to be focused solely on that content. Um, I think that's most notable or most needed in this space because a lot of marginalized creators, whether Black, just POC in general, disabled, what have you, don't have the financial needs to create the content that they deserve and they're proud of. So Fig mm-hmm. is, you know, comes into the gap for that to help propel your future.
0: Yeah. Um, and it is like, it's really important when we think about these things and we talk about these things because, like, um, you know, everybody looks at people who stream and they're like oh that's such an easy job all you have to do is play games all day <laughs> <laughs> like no it's fucking work for anyone period but like so like if we have somebody sitting in perfect privilege like we have this like hat white man sitting playing his games whatever like that's still hours of work that's research into games that's you know sure. all of that stuff and so then if we take degrees away from that all right now it's a white woman so oh automatically misogynistic comments people you know she has to really think about what she wears on stream otherwise she's going to get comments like this and comments like that like then we remove another degree like it's a black woman or it's a Mm. queer like you know like so like the the further away we get from that like perfect privilege of being a cishet white man the harder it gets to you know Right. create and exist in this space i mean just a couple of months ago we were seeing all of those hate raids happening to marginalized creators and twitch mm-hmm. doing nothing about it
1: absolutely uh i think you bring up great points especially with the movement against uh or to empower Twitch to do better, hashtag Twitch do better, right? Um, I've been working with Color Change, which is a national organization that works to advance the, the rights and just privileges of Black people um and they have been monumental in the movement itself because they've been working with certain black creators to create content on behalf of twitch do better uh It ravens campaign which has been really cool um i was in new york city filming for them an interview uh on how i was affected by the hate raids and that should be coming out this month if i'm not mistaken awesome and they had a a, a session a couple of weeks ago where five black creators, myself included, co-hosted with them, um, just having a night of black joy. We had over eighty black creators in a Discord call, just playing different games together. So uh, we're really trying to you know amplify black joy, even when we are very upset with this platform in general.
0: And, and that's a conversation that I've had before. Like, you know, um, indigenous joy, black joy, like, like the, the, that in and of itself is an act of revolution. Like, Mm. and like, like, and that's kind of a twofold like thing, right. Where like, it's, it's great to be able to, you know, just exist and have that joy because you know, our ancestors didn't get to, but on the other hand, it's like, me experiencing joy shouldn't be an act of revolution like we should just be able to enjoy ourselves it shouldn't be revolutionary that we get to enjoy things absolutely um, and it's it it. but it is it's it's a fucking act of revolution because you know if you if you live on res then you your likelihood of getting clean water is much lower especially if you live in Navajo Nation uh, you know it's much harder for black uh, families and black people to build up generational wealth because they are intentionally kept out of that fucking club. Like we talk about, I've talked about in the past, like the way that school systems are set up is inherently racist and classist. Like, you know, schools get funding based on the property taxes of the people in that area. Oh, well guess who historically can't own property or has a harder time owning property, especially nice property black people indigenous people like immigrants like you can't like there's so much that needs to be an overhaul and like number one is just our attitudes uh, in general and like the the attitudes of allies and non-allies alike because the amount of times literally just recently in the production that i was doing there was a moment uh, where I corrected somebody on my pronouns and like I'd seemed fine and like like we had moved on but then we were at the rap party and she wanted to come up to me and tell me how like how sh- how much she never would do something like that how much she never would want to harm me and how she's such a good ally and it's like
1: <laughs> her 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 nothing about you
0: Like, like, first of all, first of all, we have been moved on from it, mama. Like, why are you bringing it up again? Clearly Mm. you've been sitting on it and not feeling good about it. It, Your feelings are not my responsibility. Absolutely. First and foremost, and like your feelings are nobody's responsibility. Somebody can elic- elicit an emotional response from you. Like somebody can trip over, like somebody can trip over a trigger. Somebody can, you know, say something a curt type of way and make you feel a type of way. And, but your emotions are still your responsibility and your reaction to them is still your responsibility.
1: Absolutely.
0: And so, like, just because you don't feel good about what happened, doesn't mean you have to make it my problem because it's not on me to make you feel better about how I made sure you understood who I was and how I operate.
1: Right. I mean, the one thing that I always say every time that I do something like this is that intent doesn't equal impact. Um, You can have one intention, but the impact is vastly different than what you intended it to be. Um, You don't hold power over someone's impact that is someone else's. Uh, we have to be careful day to day just to not even hold in other people's emotions or be responsible for that because we're going to continuously re-traumatize ourselves as marginalized individuals and humans nonetheless. Um, we were talking about mental health before we got on this call. Mental health is very important. And one thing that I've learned when like focusing on my mental health is that I cannot hold myself accountable, responsible, or empower of how someone else chooses to react to a situation that I may have or may not have put them in. What we can do as people is just take that, take however they are, take them for who they are. And if we want to move forward with that person in our lives, don't continuously re-traumatize them. Apologize, move forward, and let them hold the conversation that they need to hold within themselves and with us to move forward positively or
0: negatively. Yeah. And like, I, I 100% agree. And like, I've talked about it on my podcast before is like, I, I definitely, you know, people, I definitely care to hear where someone is coming from on things right. because that gives me a fuller picture of everything, but it doesn't necessarily matter. Like, yes, if you've hurt me and my feelings or if you've, you know, hurt somebody or whatever, like if, that wasn't your intent. Sure. You can let me know. So that lets me know whether or not it's worth continuing Mm. this impact that has to be dealt with and whether you're a part of dealing with that impact or not, like depends on the situation. Like, and that's the other thing is like, sometimes when a thing happens and you have an impact that you did not intend, you sometimes can't be the one to alleviate it. All you can do is say sorry and get out of the way while they deal with it themselves or other people deal with it. Like, it's not all like you can't, it's, it, and I love to look at Moana, the movie for this. Cause like we look at how, you know, uh, Maui could not return the heart because he's the one who traumatized her. He can't be the one that heals her. you You know
1: break my heart that you broke
0: (laughs) right yeah like there's this um there's a huge impact that you can have without realizing it and and intent matters to a degree but your intent does not overwrite the actual impact that was had exactly Um, And I think that's what a lot of people don't get, like when they make these genuine mistakes and then they try to over explain and talk over you. And and like, literally, I was just trying to vibe at a fucking rap party. And here's this white woman, white womaning all over me like, hey, this was already handled. And now you want me to handle your feelings about it. Mm -hmm. Not my responsibility. Talk to your therapist. Talk to your preacher. (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like
1: that's that's the like relating it back to Twitch. We have to remember that like we can't hold ourselves accountable for what Twitch doesn't do. Right. There's a lot of advocates that get very upset and it messes with their mental health. And that is valid. It's a valid response to have it mess with your mental health. When you care so much about something and you're not getting the, the result that you want to have. Valid, but I urge and employ every advocate or just human being in general to try to separate the two. When you're at your computer and you're advocating for Twitch to do better, please, please, please step away at some point to take care of you, the individual, because you can't have you can't advocate for anyone if you're half assing yourself.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Like the, and we see that in spheres all over the place. Like um, just recently with pipeline three, one of our water, one of our uh, water protectors, a two spirit individual um, Northwind, uh, he um, had been growing out his hair and at the end of it, cut his hair off in mourning because he felt that he had not done enough for the water and for the water protectors and for the land and so he was taking you know all of it incredibly personally Mm -hmm. and at least that's my understanding uh he and i haven't had a discussion about it um but from what he you know shared that's what i gleaned from it and it's like Baby, it it wasn't solely on your shoulders. It's not that you didn't do enough. You did all you could. What it's down to is these are systems that are out of our hands. Should they be? No, because reservations are sovereign land and governments should not be saying anything can happen on them. But... You know here we are and you did everything you could and like it, it's similar with twitch it's similar with advocacy in any capacity like it because we care so deeply about these things when things fail or things don't go the way they're supposed to or the way we think they need to, in order to get to our next step, like we take it incredibly personally and we're like, and we start wondering, okay, well, h- what am I not doing? Clearly I'm not doing enough because this isn't happening and and so on and so forth. And it's like, baby, no, that's not it. Like, it's just that like you are one person, you are one group, you know, and it's, it's, no group has no group has gained rights. Like if we look at civil rights, if we look at anything like that, no group has gained rights because of the actions of one group or one individual. It's been multiple groups working for the betterment. It's been multiple individuals working for the betterment. And it's, it's down to the fact that I think a lot of people get overwhelmed and desensitized. It's, it's a reason why I don't share a lot of those graphic images of um, violence against black folks and violence against indigenous people, because all it's going to do is re-traumatize the people who belong to those groups and Mm -hmm. desensitize the people who need to be seeing it. Like, because at the end of the day, that's what happens. Like people are like, Oh yeah. Somebody else got, you know, police brutality. Somebody else got tear gassed at a protest. Oh, well, that's the time we live in Mm -hmm. where it's, and it's like, girl, no. So like my shift, instead of like sharing those graphic images and stuff like that is like, I talk about the real world impact. Like I, I pull up the statistics, I pull up, you know, the projected futures and like, Mm -hmm. We were, um, you know, indigenous people and um, environmentalists were talking about, you know, the future of warfare isn't nuclear. It's 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 water, it's land, it's resource, because that's so much more subtle. Because if we go on a grand scale with warfare, it's mutually assured destruction because so many people have fucking nukes. But if you do things like poison the water supply, then it's much more subtle. And guess what? The Navy did that and lied about it for months and you know it, it back on mental health it gets to this point where it's like at what point is my sense of doom and dread and my constant anxiety at what point is that my mental illness or just being aware of the times that we're living in right. and, you know it's and so like try and then trying to come and have an escape in gaming or in, you know, whatever. And then to have people hate rating you there, like this is supposed to be my escapism. This is supposed to be my cute little dissociative moment where I don't have to live in the the actual reality. And so things like Fig are going to help us, you know, not only get the funding to put out quality content, but also not to feel afraid or obligated to engage with stuff like that because that's a huge part too is a lot of the time we as marginalized people have the burden of education on ourselves like a lot of the times I'm the only two spirit person somebody's ever met a lot of the time you know they've never seen somebody who expresses the way I express or use they them pronouns so I have to have a whole fucking gender discourse with somebody Mm -hmm. and it's like I'm just trying to wear a cute skirt and go get a fucking latte, bro. Like I'm not trying to have gender theory conversations right now.
1: Right, and there are literally people that get paid for that. I had a a um a conversation last week, and for my team Queer Sauce, we had a collaboration with Zero Cancer. A national organization, you know, to end some prostate cancer, and I spoke to their VP of health equity on my stream. He's a black Mm -hmm. gay man, and we talked about advocates, whether like in the professional state, if it's okay to like reach out to your employees and ask them certain things about like, oh, being black, being this, and you know, some people have their affinity groups at work, like they have like a women's group, a black group, whatever. But how important is that? How much change should they be making? Because at the end of the day, you are re-traumatizing these individuals in order to have some professional gain. Oh, we did this, but we had the backing of the women's group. We have the backing of the pride group. We have the backing of this. Please remember that we have individuals that literally get paid as diversity consultants, i.e. myself, (laughs) to to talk about these things, you know, shameless plug, to talk about these things at choice um, and don't re-traumatize people for free.
0: Cause if yeah. you're going to re-traumatize yeah. me, you're going to pay for it. Right. Like that's the whole thing is like, there are like, it, it is one thing when I am putting myself in the space of being an educator. Like when I step into an episode of Lex talk about it, that's one of my heavier topics. Like if mm-hmm. I am stepping in to talk about being in a male body and being the survivor of multiple sexual assaults and what that looks like, I mm-hmm. am preparing myself for that and to have those conversations. If I am stepping into a role to talk about sex education, I'm preparing myself for potential personal questions. And I can can always be like, that's too personal. We're not talking about that. This is a clinical talk about this. But like, and you have indigenous people who are like positioning themselves as cultural educators. And so it's completely different for you to look at a TED talk or go to a workshop that's led by somebody who is literally putting themselves in the position to educate than it is for me to correct you on my pronouns and you to ask me about, you know, this, that, and the thirds, fucking gender identity like i i have people all the all of the time asking me about oh well my son you know is starting to you know show interest in makeup and blah 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 do you think he's and i'm like ma'am, this is this is this is a wendy's like I <laughs> I'm not here to speculate about your child's gender experience or expression like if your son wants to experiment with makeup fucking let him experience experiment with makeup I get that it can be scary as a parent because you know what the world is like but also it's a lot less scary for your child if they know that their home is a safe place right. Cause I did not have that growing up. I did not have a safe space at home or at school or anything like that. And so like, I'm still dealing with the repercussions of that now. So if you can just allow your child to be your child and to do what they want to do and just support them and like, give them the finer points, like that's fine. And guess what? therapy exists for a reason, not just for your kid, for you. Like, you know, like it's not therapy. Isn't this thing that exists for people uh, only for people who have mental illness. It exists for people who need a professional unbiased ear.
1: Right. And therapy is good for any and everyone. Like a, like you said, it's not just for people that have diagnoses. Like at the end of the day, I had to realize in my own personal life, my friends are not my therapists. Mm-hmm. And if I go to them and I talk to them about the same thing over and over and over again, there's no progress. Now you're just literally sitting on my couch listening to me talk. It's okay to go to your friends and talk to them about issues, but if there's no solution, then what the hell? Um, a therapist is a paid individual that takes your shit and like breaks it down with you. So making sure that you have that support system is equally as important as having your friends and family there for the happy things too. Right.
0: It's like, you know, we we talked a little bit about this when I was talking with Amber and it's like, I would love to be able to always be there for my people, whatever they needed, no matter what, but I would end up killing myself because you know, for all of the things that I can't fix, I would feel guilty about not being able to help them with that. And then I'm dealing with my own shit on top of that. Like mm-hmm. that's not fair to you, your friend or your relationship. Like it is, it is completely fine to commiserate and to, you know, do all of that. Like misery loves company. Isn't about, miserable people wanting other people to be miserable. It's about when you're down in the depths of it, having people trying to cheer you up instead of just sit in it with you for a minute is like, cause often that's what I need. I don't need you to try to cheer me up. I just need you to like sit and eat bad junk food and watch terrible movies and just like be present there. Like misery loves company. doesn't mean you want to make other people miserable. It means, hey, I need to know that when I'm going through the depths of this, you're not going to disappear because I'm not fun.
1: Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You hit something because that's exactly what happened to me with my content. So I've been going through a lot of medical things, which I don't mind sharing, but it all started with going to OBGYN for my annual checkup. Uh, But yeah, like I went to the OBGYN and it was very dysphoric. And I realized like since coming out as non-binary, that was the reason I never liked going to them. Um, And they did that procedure that they have to do annually. And Mm -hmm. it messed me up. Um, it's the first time I'm talking about it like so openly. I hope that's OK. Um, I'm, I am fine
0: to receive whatever you. you would like to share. Yes.
1: <laughs> but like uh, so that whole thing happened and I was unable to walk for like a week. And then I found out I was diagnosed with certain things throughout that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, I was diagnosed with having an ovarian cyst on my right ovary. That is a scary thing for me to hear. Right. Mm-hmm. So with going through all of that for the last two weeks, I've chosen to step away from creating content because I'm not at my happiest Mm -hmm. and when I am at my happiest through all these dark things it's when I'm offline with friends not having to worry about a chat not having to worry about holding on to other people's emotions not putting myself at risk for being hate rated or what have you so at this current moment it is so so important that I step away and focus on me because I I'm scared that if I do nothing but put out sad content for a month a week or whatever have you however long this depressive episode lasts that my community would leave.
0: Right. So you just definitely hit something right there for me. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, and that's a, that's a thing that I've dealt with. Like people, that's a thing that has happened to me in my life. Like people have realized like my, you know, my depressive episodes and my sadness aren't something that, they, that they're going to fix or is ever going to go away. Like I've lost partners because of it. Like, you know, because, and because people have this messed up idea that, Oh, well, if you're happy in your relationship or your friendship or whatever, like that should, that should fix it. Like, that's not how it works. My brain broke. Like (laughs) uh, And, and so like knowing that, and, and that, that's really what it is. It's, I have to know that, I can share with you without you making it about you and without you feeling like, you know, there's nothing, you know, because, and like, I had this, I I had this conversation with Amber as well. It's like, I can't, there's so often I want to share things with family members or friends, but I can't because I'm so worried about it. It's going to turn into me having to unpack their feelings about, my situation yes
1: absolutely so uh, i mentioned earlier i'm an immigrant so being born and raised in jamaica is a lot as a gay person because it's a very homophobic homophobic country it has oh yeah so i was raised in the church i was raised in that country i came here twice when i was seven and when i was nine um but that doesn't matter because i was still within the jamaican culture at my mother's house right so i wasn't able to Choose how I came out. I came out by accident. Uh, But to this day, there are still certain conversations I will not have with my mother, because I know it's going to be more about her than me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't have the time to come out for two people. Mm -mm. And my family still doesn't accept me, but I'm okay with that, because at this point, I accept me you know, and that in itself took a lot because being born into that culture, I was homophobic, transphobic and all those things myself. Like that ass though. You yeah, know like, no, like for real, like, here. like who, what, why would you kiss another girl? Like, that's crazy. Like, why are you <laughs> trans? Like, I'm not understand. Well, now look at me, That's like, <laughs> happening. Like now I'm not binary lesbian. Like, okay but what i like i don't know like but how different would my path have been if i was accepted in that household
0: you know what i mean yeah no 100 well i I think i think about it a lot too uh like you know as as someone who's you know two-spirit like i and like i am seek i'm actively seeking out like like affirmative procedures. Like I'm going to be getting all of my like shoulder and back hair uh, removed. Yeah. I'm getting it all removed uh, for Christmas. It's a little (laughs) Christmas gift to myself. Um, But I, I do wonder like, what was it like pre-colonization because two spirit people and like, like most tribes had something like that or an analog for that. And like, if, We didn't have colonization. What would gender affirmation look like? Would would I even feel the pressure to do these things or because I would be just so readily accepted, would I even care that I have body hair? Would I even care that my hips aren't as round as I think they should be? Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. how how much has colonization and genocide and enslavement affected our mindset as a whole, as a culture? and like it's it's something that i think about often and i all the time and i'm sitting here thinking these things i'm like nobody thinks what i think
1: <laughs> no, i definitely do and that's why conversations like this they're so important because people have that thought no yeah. one gives a thought like unless you're angrily advocating on twitch and twitter no one cares like yes we're always advocates through and through but this conversation wasn't rooted in the trauma it was rooted in just building a like an organic connection and having mm-hmm. people listen to those conversation um and it, it, like I can't even stress enough how important that is to make sure that other people know they're not alone and that goes back to your point of like if you didn't feel alone as a result of all these movements or, it's interesting to me that individuals don't realize what these movements have done to us because right. uh, you're right if they didn't happen would we just be humans and we wouldn't have to self identify in these
0: various ways you know what right. I mean
1: to feel so empowered in who we are
0: Yeah, like... It's 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 fucking wild. And um, I think we've made up for a little bit of the lost time, but we are definitely going to have to continue this conversation on a full episode of Let's Talk About It. In (laughs) the meantime, let everybody know once again where they can find you, darling. Absolutely. So like I said earlier, my name is Ace or Ash, whichever you want to call me.
1: I am a underscore typical queer on all major sites, uh, most notably on Twitter. Twitch and TikTok. So follow me if you like blackness, queerness, non binariness, or just advocacy in general, because I'm your person.
0: Period. And as always, you can find me on. (laughs) As always. (laughs) Sorry. Period. Uh, You can always find me on Lex. Stop talking on Twitter. Uh, You can find me on my podcast. Lex talk about it anywhere. You listen to podcasts. You can also find me here on the Novi channel. Uh, uh, Just be prepared for a lot of screaming about indigenous issues, uh, BIPOC and like black indigenous people of color issues at large, um, mental health things, queer ass shit. Like if you like that stuff, yeah, drop a follow oh yeah take care of yourselves be kind and know that the only thing you owe anyone is the kindness that you owe yourself i love that (laughs) (laughs) hi welcome in welcome in And welcome back to another short installment of Lex Talk About It. Uh, With me, your host, Lex, as always, Uh, I am joined by Ryan. Uh, Ryan, please uh, introduce yourself to the people.
2: Yeah, so uh, I am the founder of uh, Realm Warp Media, which is a fantasy and sci-fi Uh, multimedia company. We're focusing on uh, TTRPG content right now Uh, and I've been doing that since about uh, late 2017. Uh, Started off on the DMs Guild, kind of migrated to DriveThruRPG and Kickstarter uh, which is where I'm at now and now I'm uh, kind of focusing on kind of mentoring other people and helping BIPOC and LGBTQ people kind of find their voice, uh, in the industry because, uh, they don't have enough of a one.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting because like, it's it, it, you'd think that we did like so many, you know, so many black, indigenous, uh, like Asian, like just so many people of color have been so instrumental in the stories that people want to tell in TTRPGs. Yeah, like you've got the mm-hmm. whole like sort of mystic orientalism that happens with monk classes. You and I talked earlier today about how a lot of the race not only in D&D, but in in TTRPGs as a whole, like a lot of the races who are more tribal in nature, you know, there's like a little bit of anti-Indigenous sentiment cooked into those. Like they tend to be more savage. They tend to get into kind of like the magical Indian tropes. Uh, You get a lot of that sort of situation there. Uh, Not even talking about the anti-blackness that pervades like orcs and stuff like that within D, &D. like you know there's so much that they want to use and they don't want to listen and so i'm super excited uh always uh oh oh it looks like oh hang on we have a very special guest for a very special second we have a giveaway to do oh my goodness hi we're going to
3: give away a whole bunch of stuff. Realm Warp here has donated <gasps> a huge bundle. Oh, it is like
0: oh my it god. It is
3: 22 books. <gasps> 22 D&D fabulous books. Yeah. Holy. It is crazy.
0: You're crazy Brian? While, while we are doing, while people are entering for the giveaway, let's run through what those books are. 22. Yeah. Yeah. I I can remember what they all are. (laughs) (laughs) You were like that box. Take it. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, Am I running through that or yeah. Yeah. Sure. Run
2: through it. Okay. It's it's yours. You wrote them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. True. True. Uh, so uh, a lot of them have to do with um, my Cities of Myth uh, kind of campaign world, which right now consists of um, kind of a campaign world of Fallen Camelot and Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, uh, there's two main campaign settings and then a bunch of expansion packs. We have giants, extra subclasses, magic items. Uh, and that's yeah. probably like, I don't know, 10 at least of the, the products
3: Yeah, Um, I'm excited. I'm super excited about Fallen Camelot because it happens like a hundred years after the fall of Camelot and it's just, oh my god. It's so fabulous.
2: And Morgana's on the throne and she's just like, uh, come take it from me, boys. And uh...
0: (laughs) First of all, first of all, I gotta say, I will never not have a hard-on for Morgana. I love her. Yeah. So, thank you. Yeah, and so
2: I'll all of those uh, products are predominantly written by um, people who I brought on who are LGBTQ, LGBTQ or um, BIPOC, uh, especially people from the, the backgrounds that we're creating from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have things like uh, Dragons, Delvins, and Dives, which kind of rips off Guy Fieri a little bit. Uh, <laughs> lots of quirky... yes he would love it lots of quirky dragons and dragon lairs we have uh perks and pains which is like extra role-playing feats for your characters to take um we have tavern games uh just like other i really like the mobility
3: the mobility device i thought was really important that was really fabulous um a,
2: a short product about Ways to introduce magic mobility devices and also how to create them yourself for your own game. Um, so a lot of this is stuff we've worked with on, um, on other with other creators. They partnered with me um, and it's it's all focused on inclusivity and representation.
3: We love them. All right. I love it. Let's let's do this. Are we ready? Yeah. Already. Oh, do my that. God. All right. We're going to pick this. We're going to pick it. All right. Who gets it? Who gets it? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Is Flizzard Gaming. Yay! Yay. Flizzard was actually the very first person in chat this morning when we started. So, yes.
0: Yay! Thank you for hanging out, Flizzard. I love it. That's so awesome. It makes me so
3: happy. All right. You guys have a fabulous conversation. Thanks, Kyle. I'm going to dip out.
0: Yeah, so let's let's get into that. Like, let's get into the mythology of it all, and like bringing on. Like, yeah. So, talk to me about it, because first of all, Atl- Atlantis. Yeah, my gay little heart. Sores. <laughs> so Atlantis is
2: super gay. Um, we have a lot of uh, like poly and uh, LGBTQ art. As you uh, said. In the product. Uh, <laughs> and the whole, the whole island is just like, we love everybody. We don't, uh, you know, we're not restricted to gender. Um, yeah. Which was really enriching for me uh, to be able to see writers write that. Um, because I, I'm relatively new to this uh, advocacy. Um, and so every time I work with a new team, I learn something new. Uh, new perspectives and all that. So uh, it was really, it was really edifying to be able to work with a team that could really bring that to life uh, in a way that that I never could. Um, so yeah, Atlantis is and I is do amazing.
0: And I do want to say, like, I think that that's also very, uh, very much a thing to like be wary of as well. Like so many times we're li- like when, when someone sits in a place of privilege, but they, you know, are somebody who is connected to marginalized people and wants, you know, recognizes that there's a need for those stories. So often the drive can be, oh, well, I guess I should write it since I have the audience, I should be yeah. willing to write it. And it's like, yeah. sometimes you need to just direct your audience to somebody who has the knowledge to write that uh yeah you know
2: yeah definitely um and that's i mean that's what we're trying to do with um the the upcoming mythology stream so starting in january we're looking for people from um from non-eurocentric backgrounds so uh, indigenous from any country uh bypac etc um and we want them to tell their stories and we want them to uh, put their stories in a, in a D and D adventure, just a one shot. Uh, and then we're going to, we're going to sell it for them and they get, you know, a, a considerable amount of the profits uh, as, right. as much as we can reasonably give them. Right. So uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I started out doing D and D kind of for myself just to explore my own creative outlets, um, but I, I realized that being in the position that I am, you know, super non-marginalized, super privileged, like I, I needed to not not speak for marginalized people, but give them the voices that they needed. Um, so I, I do that as, as much as I can. Um, Atlantis was a big step towards that, and I, this mythology stream will be as well, um, and yeah, and I believe um, Fig is launching soon as well.
0: Um, yes, uh, we are. We are building Fig up. That's, that's the whole point. Like, go ahead and exclamation point charity. That's our, that's our, that's what we're raising money for today. Yeah. Like that's the whole point is to have this kind of cycle of uplifting, uh, each other and, and finding new voices, whether they be black, indigenous, Asian, queer, trans, disabled, like it's all about lifting those people up. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, uh, another, like, that's, that's one thing that I find very interesting, Um, is like including disability in games. Yeah. Um, because it's not something you see a lot of uh, The closest I think I've ever seen to it Was a, a campaign that Brennan uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan ran um, Where it wasn't necessarily disability But they did sobriety uh, And oh. so he had, yeah So two of his characters One was a recovering alcoholic And one was a recovering drug addict And so they had, they had a, a They had worked with uh substance abuse counselors to build a system on how to do that and so they would have to roll for certain things like okay like this this is one of your triggers do a sobriety roll um which was really interesting um yeah. and so yeah like let's talk a little bit about including disability in your game because we were talking about you having uh mobility yeah moments. yeah
2: yeah so um about a year ago, someone came to me. They said, I have this mobility product. I think you can probably move it a little better than I can, get, uh, get more audience on it. Um, and it, it was definitely uh, in line with my mission. So I, I said, yeah, let's, uh, you know, I purchased all the art and did all the layout and stuff for it. Um, and yeah, we just, we need more people to see it. This was right around the time when um, the combat wheelchair came out. Uh, which was a big yes. thing on Twitter. <laughs>
0: uh, I remember a, seeing that. Yeah. Uh,
2: bigger thing than it should have been, of course, but um, yeah. So we, we just wanted to add our voice to that. And um, uh, the author did a great job. It, it's, it's a small, it's like 10 pages maybe, uh, but there's so much packed in there. There's different magical mobilities. Um and I think the real value is is in talking about like why we need to put them in there, and and how to how to kind of come up with your own, um, because you know I think we get more done together than we get done apart. So as mu- as cross sectional as we can be, uh, you know we we need to be.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think also like uh, able people labor under the assumption that disabled people inherently would prefer to be abled and it's like i honestly don't know many autistic people who want to have the same brain as a neurotypical person what we what they want is understanding um you know I, i i i don't know a lot of deaf people who would prefer to be hearing like there's a whole (laughs) um, but there's a whole culture in deafness and Niall DeMarco, uh, talks about it all the time. He's like, I come from a completely deaf family. My, my, all of my siblings are deaf. My parents are deaf. My grandparents are deaf. Like I would not want to be hearing, like, I don't care about Mm -hmm. that. What I care about is being understood and being accepted. And, um, I think a lot of abled people assume that when a disabled person sits down at a tabletop, they're going to do this high fantasy of like being able-bodied. And that, no, not necessarily like they may want to have their wheelchair in game, but they can't because there's not a mechanic for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One thing I'm excited about is um, I'm working with a, uh, someone who has disabilities uh, and she is leading a team to, Um, it produced a product called Explorer's Guide to, uh, disability, and it is, uh, basically taking our cities of myth settings and saying, Hey, this is how you can explore Camelot, or this is how you can explore Atlantis, uh, within the, the worldview of, of disability. So autism spectrum or, uh, prosthetics, you know, those are all things that we're covering in that product, um that that's a ways away yet from being finished, but I'm excited that I was just able to find people who were willing to work with me on bringing that to life.
0: Yeah. Like it's something that's definitely needed. Um, and yeah, it's something that we have to change our attitude about a lot too, because like I had this conversation on an episode as well of like, when we're GMing and we're doing things like we have to be cognizant, like sometimes you're doing stuff and body horror becomes a part of that, but we have to Mm -hmm. be cognizant of what we are considering body horror, Mm. like is a lost limb or a malformed limb, like, a malformed limb should not be body horror. Like there are people every day who are born that way. There are people every day who get into accidents and lose limbs. Like that should not be your body. Mm -hmm. My, my thing for body horror is that it's not taking away. It's adding so like Mm. too many teeth not losing your teeth but having far too many teeth like having opening opening a giant monster's maw and seeing a throat that like a sea turtle has and if you don't know dear listener sea turtles have rows (laughs) and rows of it like barbs that Point backwards down their mouth because when they eat, they absorb a lot of seawater. And so, in order to get rid of the seawater, they expectorate the seawater and the barbs keep the food from coming back out. It's horrifying. Please.
2: It it sounds horrifying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. But like something like that, as opposed to somebody's teeth falling out, somebody, you know, suddenly growing mm. extra limbs as opposed to losing their limbs. You know, those are the things that I think, yeah, nobody's ever going to grow extra limbs one day, but somebody could spontaneously lose a limb. Yeah, you know, Where where do they sit when they're listening to a podcast and all of a sudden their body is the subject of horror, you know?
2: Yeah, that's I, I mean, as an abled person, I, I never would have consider that perspective. So I'm glad that we can even have these, these discussions and that they're becoming more normalized and, and open up uh, so that, so that we can actually listen to perspectives that, you know, I never would have considered.
0: Yeah. And like, and that's the thing is like, whenever I come to these conversations, like as long as people are, and I've said it before, as long as people are coming in good faith, I'm happy to have them Yeah, Um, because, you know, I have done the reading, I've done the work and I come at the intersection of a couple of marginalizations. So like, I know that my perspective is a unique one and that somebody who comes from a place of quote unquote, perfect privilege isn't necessarily going to have these thoughts because it's not something that has ever been factored into their worldview. It's not something yeah. that they've ever had to think about. Um, it's just like, you know, when SNL hat, like when SNL does a skit and the joke is that, Oh, two men are kissing. Like, I don't care yeah. that it's two straight men kissing. That's not funny. It's just two men kissing to me. Like, it's not funny. Yeah. Like, and so, but you know, because they don't have that perspective. They're clearly not thinking about what that looks like to people who do. Um, It's just giving those people the opportunity to share their perspective, which is the Mm -hmm. whole reason I wanted to do my show. Uh, Like uh, I love to, you know, talk about all sorts of wild and crazy stuff. And like, I'm pretty game for whatever, but I want perspectives that don't usually get the time to shine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But um, yeah, in your mythology series, like how did you go about number one, like deciding what you wanted to focus on, what you felt culturally comfortable focusing on and who, how did you decide like who, especially for something like Atlantis, like how did you decide who, who going to be the best writing staff for something like that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, especially
2: for Atlantis, what I wanted to do was I didn't want to do the same old tired Platonic version of Atlantis. Like I wanted to there's so the beauty of Atlantis is that it, you know it it's so old that it could really originate anywhere. So I actually brought on some um Southeast Asian uh writers and some um uh we had a Latino writer and a couple um uh black uh diaspora writers uh, so bringing all those influences there and then uh heav- heavily um some lgbtq trans uh writers as well and we, we even have a section in there about um role-playing did from someone who has Ooh. the has the um disorder disorder thank you um so uh, yeah, and I mean I know that no demographic is a monolith. So yeah, hopef- hopefully we covered everything. Uh, but you know, if if there is something in there that we didn't handle well, please like let us know, and uh, you know maybe create your own version of it, and and you know we'll we'll help you get that out there.
0: Yeah, and I do, and I do think that, that there's something to be said for that. like there, like, there is there's a difference between when you see that somebody genuinely put in the work to try to get it right and stuff just doesn't quite land. There's a difference between that and um, (laughs) there's a difference between that and somebody like what wizards of the coast just did of like, Oh, we've hired all of these writers to write these stories and do these things. And then at the last minute, changing everything that those writers had done and putting it out anyway. Like, first of all, girl, you don't think people's gonna talk? Like an NDA only covers so many bases. (laughs) Yeah like that's just like when i when i've done these non-union projects and they want to act like they're paying everybody the same rate but they 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 don't think we talk they don't yep. think we talk about what we're making they don't think we talk about like what our expenses are like no bitch that's not how any of this works yeah yeah like, it, it's a community for a Definitely. reason um, yeah um And so there's a big difference in, like, seeing that somebody actually, like, tried and missed the mark versus actively Mm. didn't actually care. Um, And they were like, we're going to get your money anyway. So, (laughs)
3: like...
0: And so like, I think that is really important. Uh, and that's a really important, you know, thing to be known is, uh, and to make known like as a creator, like, Hey, like the- these are the steps we took to make genuine effort. And if you see that, you know, stuff is not feeling good and doesn't hit the mark, like, please let us know and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You have to be constantly learning and striving for better, uh, because otherwise you're stagnant and stagnant things rot.
2: Definitely. Yep. Uh, and, and as someone from kind of outside, you know, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to think of everything. Uh, and, and even, even with a team of like five or six marginalized creators, they're not going to be able to, their experience isn't going to translate to every experience of every other marginalized person. So, um, I'm not going to pretend like our products are perfect, but I do want to like really stress that like, we always want to keep growing. Always want to keep representing. Um, so please, like, follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And you notice something, call me out. I'll, I'll be I'll be understanding about it. Just be yeah, relatively nice.
0: <laughs> well, and I mean, there's that whole like that. That's the other thing of like and. Um... I I think I've briefly mentioned this, uh, in podcasts past, like that's the whole reason that the position of, uh, sensitivity readers became a thing. It's like, yeah, even if we do have marginalized people on our writing team, like their experience, like no group of people is a monolith. And so like their experience and their context for it is going to be different. I mean, Regrettably black republicans are a thing. Like it's it's yeah. like th- there are whole t- there's twinks for Trump. Like there's uh, like a whole world of marginalized people who aren't thinking critically and are in it for their own benefit and their yeah. own gain and not the betterment of the community and the world at large. And so You know, and and even if you aren't one of those people, you can still miss the mark like you can you can be a queer person of color and still, you know, grow up in a relatively privileged lifestyle. It just it all Mm -hmm. depends on what your life experience is, what context you're going to be bringing to these things. Um, Yeah. And so I think, yeah, all of those things are very important. Having sensitivity readers, having play tests with groups that aren't just white men, like, you know, making sure Mm -hmm. the people you have testing your product are reflective of the people that you want to have great experiences in your game. Because let's be honest, White men are going to have fun playing a game regardless because they're going to make it whatever they want to make it. But if, you know, if there's yep. intrinsically some stuff that doesn't feel good to, you know, indigenous people, black people, queer people, any people of color, you know, like, I'm sure there's a lot of Asian folks who look sidelong at the monk glass, <laughs> uh, yeah. yep. as they should, as yeah. they should, like it's it's wild out here <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh hard to navigate
2: but i think um that's the value of community right we we navigate yeah. it together and i yeah. think
0: you're i think you're you're doing the right thing like from what i've gleaned from you know our limited time talking together and and from my little side searches like i think i think you are definitely on the right track and i think you're going about it in the right way it's like i i definitely didn't invite you to i definitely didn't invite you here to be like listen here white man yeah yeah. (laughs) that's not what this is but like yeah like you can't you know nothing is ever perfect, least of Mm -hmm. all progress. Um, but imperfect progress is still progress. And that's something that I have to Mm -hmm. remind myself of with multiple aspects of my life. And that's something that we have to remind ourselves of as, as we strive to be better people, better allies, better friends, like, you know, we're going to make missteps along the way. And all we can do is apologize, learn and move forward. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, so the, myth- the mythology stream that we're launching in January. Yes. Uh, uh, this kind of grew out of that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not able to really write about a lot of those things that I don't have experience about, those uh, non-Eurocentric things. Um, so we really wanted, uh, especially like new creators or creators who haven't really found an audience yet, we want them to come on, talk about the mythology Uh, I I believe Kyle will be hosting that uh, and um, just share your experience with us and then maybe make a little money off of it too. Um, Because if we can invest in you, if we can invest in marginalized populations um, we're all going to be better for it. Yeah. We're all going to have a more rich perspective. Um, So we're still looking for people to come on that stream uh it'll be we're, we're gonna aim for once a week um we want people from you know southeast asia south america uh indigenous people uh, uh. african americans you know all all sorts of people so if you'd be interested in being one of those creators uh definitely like jump on my social medias and and let me know because we'll get you hooked up
0: yes absolutely i have a couple of people that just sprung to mind as well like my little indigenous brain is going through all of the people that i know i'm like this person that person this person uh but yeah and like i think that's super important especially like also like having people who are intersectional like afro-indigenous yeah. is a thing like yeah. i know several people who are black and indigenous because of reasons mm-hmm. um but like and that's the thing is like people don't realize like you know i i mean if you listen to my podcast you realize because i don't know how many times i've talked about it but you know there was a whole like there were black indigenous people in the americas before slavery ever happened like there was so much seafaring and trade that happened the whole reason that the continental u.s uh, those tribes had canoes is because of the Taino people in Port in what is now Puerto Rico like the the Dominican the Haitian indigenous populations like that is Afro indigenous and mm-hmm. and like people people want to hear you know Native American and only think about the United honestly they only want to think about the united states they don't want to think about yeah. the fact that mexico the fact that canada the fact that south america all of that is indigenous and like to be yeah. to be ethnically mexican and not just nationality mexican like if you are ethnically mexican that is an inherently mixed indigenous identity like yeah <laughs> yeah like we we traded with each other from the from Canada to the in South America, there was Native American Sign Language was the only universal sign language like we all mm-hmm. spoke that as far as sign language went because we didn't speak the same verbal language. Like there's such rich history in indigeneity and uh, across indigeneity across the world. Like you can talk about the Haman people. You can talk about uh, the, the indigenous populations of Africa. Like there's so much and it's so rich. And I'm so glad that like you, you see the value in it and that you want to, you want to amplify those voices.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could live with myself if I didn't. So uh, hey,
0: right answer. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I know we're a little bit shorter than we wanted to be, but I, I don't want us to run off too long. Um, But thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much for like doing the work because it is work to unlearn the things that we've been taught in this yeah. world and to try to trying to drag a community tooth and nail into being better and to recognizing, Hey, these people's voices are worth listening to and yeah. uh, to kind of sit at the sit at the doorway to that bus and, and take some of the hits is, is valuable.
2: It, it's uh, it's my pleasure. It is. <laughs> Tell, but, and thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Tell everybody where they can find you once again for me. Yeah. You can find me on
2: uh, Facebook at Media twitter uh on at realm warp m since it wouldn't let me put my whole name in there uh and my website is uh www.realmwarpmedia.com
0: and that is realm warp r-e-a-l-m-w-a-r-p yeah definitely (laughs) thank you so much as always dear listeners dear viewers I am Lex you can find me on twitter under at Lex stop talking or my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts called Lex talk about it and if you'd like to join the conversation you can go over to novistudio.io and you can submit both a topic and yourself as guest if you'd like Uh, enjoy the rest of our stream I'll see you later